What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, VP of Marketing at The Juice. It is Friday, and you know what that means. We are coming at you with a conversation with someone who is building content, someone who's going to talk about some freelance things. I know there's a lot of freelancers out there. I'm joined by Mel Yap. She does some really good things talking about building out content for her customers and her process. We get into the nitty gritty in this one. I really enjoyed it and I learned a ton and think you can too. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a marketing friend you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Let's go. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I'm excited for this conversation. I am joined by Mel Yap. We met online like most of these conversations that I have are, and we got digging into some of what she's working on. And I thought, you know, we haven't had a conversation with someone who does freelance content marketing and um, writing and positioning in a while. And I wanted to explore some of the things that she is hearing from her clients, customers about content marketing in general. But before we get started, Mel, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Brett. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I, I cannot complain. We were just talking about I'm getting over a product launch and it sounds like you got a busy week with deliverables. So it goes as a marketer. Yep. Always, isn't it? Yes. Nonstop. It, I, this is where I want to jump into. So I was looking at your, your personal site. There was something that I read that stood out to me and I'd love for you to maybe unpack it. It would be like a good launching off point for the conversation. You have on your site, you say, Clearly constructed copy that weaves strong narrative can not only cut through the clutter, but connect your brand and business to your audience, drive loyalty, retention, and engagement. I I couldn't agree more with that statement, especially with the clutter piece. But I think words and content are so powerful and a great way to do that. But you wrote that. Maybe talk a little bit about just like your mindset and mentality when it comes to working in the space you do and working with the clients that you do? Sure. So I think when it comes to like copy, it's a a lot of people think it's like a second thought or it's almost like a second thought to a lot of, to some, to some brands, but it's really like the core being of what a brand represents. So I think sometimes copy is seen as an afterthought, which is why in that opening statement on my website, I mentioned like, you know, it can really drive performance. It can really drive like conversion rates for your site. It can change the way people perceive your brand. It's a very powerful tool that I think is very, it's very much underutilized or sometimes seen as a second priority for a lot of, a lot of brands out there. And, you know, from my personal experience with the brands that I've worked with on the freelance side of things, a lot of them, I've noticed that a lot of the clients are coming to me with, you know, copy asks, but they haven't yet. It's like they haven't actually developed the foundation of what their, their brand represents from a messaging point of view. So, you know, I'll get requests like, can we, can you help us with our website, which is probably like the biggest piece of asset or biggest asset that a brand would have for their customers. And then usually I will drill down and ask, okay, have you, you know, have, do you have these documents on hand? You know, brand strategy document, what's your content strategy framework like? What's your tone, your tone of voice? And so a lot of the times I've noticed that that hasn't yet been fleshed out. So it's kind of an education process with the client in many ways about educating them like the value of having a content strategy in place first before you approach the actual assets themselves. And that's kind of like what how I, what I was thinking when I wrote that, that piece on my website. You gave me a lot to work with there in your response. So I think I totally agree. I think so often 
from it is a uh, it comes from a we need this we have this problem let's go fill this in let's go put this copy together for the website let's go write a bunch of emails but like oftentimes as marketers we don't take a step back or to maybe two steps back and think about like what is the foundation we want we want all of this to be in place in order to help support all of these deliverables yeah. so i think maybe just from the beginning like you mentioned tone of voice and some of these like foundational things with what what brands probably need to have be be in place or have put in place before they go work with someone like you and make a bunch of requests uh, how, like what is that process like i guess in talking through and like brand voice for instance and messaging and positioning like what are some of the things that brands can, should be doing as kind of like a first step yeah, very good question. I'm I'm gonna have to break that answer down to a couple of please more. do. When while I was I was thinking while you were asking, I think it's a number of things. So firstly, when a client is you know coming to me with an, a copy ask, and I think a lot of other freelancers run into this same issue. You know, they're gonna ask things like, you know, I want to have a website written, and then I'll be I'll ask I'll go back to them and ask, do you have a tone of voice document? What does your brand lights brand guidelines document look like? And a lot of the times, like it'll be, they'll have bits and pieces. Like they'll have some of, like they'll like have worked with a client who had, like they've had their messaging statement or their mission statement already fleshed out, but they didn't have the tone of voice set out. And I think a lot of brands out there have a misunderstanding that content strategy is like almost like piecemeal, but it's not. It's like one, it's one one cohesive thing. So to me, that makes up like your tone of voice like what how do you speak about your brand across different platforms whether that be website social media email blog posts that's one part another part is like what are the content pillars so you know for a brand usually you break that down to like themes of um, you know I've worked with clients in consulting and beauty where we kind of like map out specific thematic we call it, yeah they're basically pillars that rep- that tie up to the brand so that could be you know, for a, if for an eco skincare brand, it could be things like sustainability. Uh, another thing, another content pillar could be you know workplace culture. If they're looking to use content as a talent acquisition tool, and so mapping those out is really important as well. And then the value proposition. So you have your mission statement, but then what's the actual value, like the value of your brand, whether that be a product or service. So being being able to write that also depends on having the core elements already built out like a brand guidelines document or like some sort of like sales tool or sales deck that they're using to pitch to to their prospects. Those are the types of documents that I use and materials that I use to help clients bring the content strategy to life. So I hope that answers your question. It's a little bit of like different elements, but it's all one thing, not like, like when a client comes to me and says, Oh, can you, can you write me a missions, like a, a value prop? But then I was like, but they don't have anything else built out. And then it's just a matter of educating them that it's one cohesive piece, which we need to develop together before, you know, I could help you with X, Y, and Z. Totally. And so maybe like a hypothetical would be, I know that I want to increase the volume of quality blog posts that I publish regularly. However, my team is small. And so I know I need help because we've got a bunch of priorities going on. So I reach out to someone like you and say, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to increase quality content on our blog, maybe publish another post or two per week that we're not right now. 
And so you get into it to try to understand the request and you uncover maybe through your discovery that some of these foundational elements are not in place, like positioning statements, messaging, house, tone of voice. Like, what is the, like, is your next step instead of saying, Hey, let's not worry about, let's not worry about the, these uh, blogs you're, you're talking about. Let's like take a step back and let me, like, let me coach you on the things that you need to have in place. Is that, is that how you operate or is it, or is it different? Uh, No, that's exactly how I operate. Previously, I was trying to just in my early days of, of freelancing, I kind of would just accept a lot of anything that came my way. But, you know, as I've become like, you know, more experienced in the field, I realized that, you know, it's really important to push back on the client during times like this, when it's like, you can't write if there's nothing to write from. So luckily I haven't run into those lately, but that's definitely something I think freelancers run into when like the brand, the company or the brand that they're working with doesn't actually kind of know what the brand stands for um, or from a content point of view. So yeah, it's definitely, it always like had an ongoing education with the client about that. But I personally, I would usually push back on those type of projects. And with like tone of voice specifically, like, I think it's something that you don't think about, but you realize, you realize good tone of voice when you see it, because it's relatable and Maybe it's you see a tweet from a branded handle on, you know, on Twitter, and it you see it consistently, and you begin to think you know what that company represents. Maybe they use some humor; it makes you laugh. When you're trying to work with a company that doesn't have those building blocks in place, like, can you maybe help me understand like the types of questions you ask them in in order to kind of get the the tone of voice in place, because I think that's really important, but we don't talk about it enough as marketers. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, when I onboard a new client, uh, I usually have them fill out this like a questionnaire. So the questionnaire has 14 questions and then I've used it for every single client. And it's really helped me with the education process of understanding what their brand is about. So I'll ask questions like, how would you describe your brand? What are the adjectives you've, you, you would use? Like, Give me a few words that you would use to describe your brand. Um, Who are your competitors in the space? What do you like about your current copy? What do you not like about your current copy? So it's like looking over arching and then drilling down using that, using that kind of map and guide to help funnel down to what they're looking for, to help narrow it down and narrow the focus. So I'll ask a lot of like open-ended questions like that to help just basically refine what they're trying to say. Yeah. As opposed to saying, is this what your brand means? But it's more like, oh, give me some words that you would use to describe your brand. Give me your, some words to describe what your brand is not. If you have, if you could explain your, like you have an elevator pitch for your brand and explain what your brand does in like one or two sentences, what does that mean? So I'll use all these different elements to kind of carve out like a strategy for them or carve out like a tone of voice document for them. Do, do you think that like, though, I think what everything you've discussed are things that are necessary in place to have long-term success, long-term sustainable, really good content that it's going to do what you intend it to do, like provide value, build trust, get people to, you know, go check out what you're maybe building, or if you have a problem, maybe they have a product for you. Like that's what the building blocks of content can help us do. Do you think that just in, in general, is there, what are the best ways I think, have you, have you found to educate like external stakeholders on like, these things are kind of necessary to do what you want to do or how, what you're requesting from me. And if we don't, I can do these other things, 
but they're they're going to kind of fall on their face if we don't get if we don't put the foundation in place like h- how do you like have that type of conversation because i know like from marketer to marketer it's mm-hmm. very easy to understand but sometimes stakeholders aren't don't have a marketing background or don't sit in the marketing department and it's uh, less difficult for them to understand like everything that needs to go in place before you hit go on a content marketing strategy yeah it's it's a good it's a really good question i think what it boils down to is just if I come, if a client comes to me with an ask, I will usually ask them as, as almost like a vetting tool or like a, a qualification tool, a series of questions, like what documents do you have available to help build this out? So it's almost like I'm using, I'm almost, almost like reverse engineering it because then they realize, oh, we don't have this. And then I use that as a jumping point to say, oh, okay, this is actually something that we should like work on first. And almost, and I selfishly, not selfishly, but I use it as an opportunity to kind of upsell. So, and I think a lot of, it's good for a lot of freelancers to, you know, to kind of explain the value of the expertise that it, and that helps with things like pricing and scope of work, uh, which is like a whole nother like ballpark discussion, but um, it does help to kind of establish the value of what your services provide, because then the client will be received, will realize, oh, hey, it's actually not just about them writing words on a page and that, you know, we don't, some clients, I'm going to jump off on a bit of a tangent, but like some clients will say, oh, what do you charge per hour or what do you charge per word? But like they don't realize that the value of copy is so much more than that because it, it takes so much more research, like into things like do the questionnaires that I do, the research that you have to do with their competitor set, auditing their current copy and like seeing ways that you can improve it. All that goes into like the price that you're, that how you, of like how you're pricing your services so I hope, yeah, hopefully that kind of answers your question, but like I almost use it open-ended questions to reverse engineer the process and then use that as a jumping point to explain the services that I provide and that, you know, this is kind of what you need to think of before we can reach this endpoint. If you are in freelance or you're thinking about doing freelance, like what Mel just said there is gold, <laughs> like reverse engineer it, <laughs> ask the questions, when, especially if you like, I'm sure you can identify right away, like the level of maturity this content program is just by a couple opening questions. And then when you you got your, your things, you know, they need, and you know, they probably don't have them, but by you asking the question and them saying, no, it gives you the opportunity in the position you're in as someone who's going to go help them to say, Hey, I actually think you need this messaging house and here are the reasons why. And so if you're bought into wanting great content or a better content strategy, like that's an opportunity for you to say, this is something that I need to work on in order for you to be successful. And here's what it's going to cost. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I think the brand realizes then that they actually have to go back and do a bit more work themselves before approaching freelancers. Like I've had a couple of instances where they're like, okay, let's just table this conversation. It looks like we still need a bit of work to do. And then we'll circle back. Sometimes I hear back from them. Sometimes I don't, but yeah, it's, uh, it really depends on the, the client. I guess for you and what you do and the services you provide, what, what's like the, the ideal fit? Like what is the like sweet spot where you can kind of come in, hit the ground running and add immediate value. And it's a, it's a customer that you feel like, okay, this is someone that I can partner with for a long time based on what I can provide and what they need? Like, what does the profile of that customer look like? Uh, yeah, I think for me, so I, uh, I'm not sure we had mentioned it at the start, but I work full-time in B2B tech. 
so naturally, as a result of that, I've noticed that a lot of the people who are coming to me are like B2B clients, tech clients. Some of them are on startup stage and then some of them are like in growth stage. I think personally for what would be my ideal profile would be more that growth stage client where they've kind of established a bit of more processes and it's not so not as scrappy as like a startup for example but there's still room to play so that that's definitely my ideal client and I'm also specifically targeting because I have a personal like interest in lifestyle brands like food and beverage travel like lifestyle companies those are the types of um, verticals I'm specifically targeting but uh, I think Sometimes it can be problematic when you when you want to source projects in a specific field, but then your your profile or your or your portfolio says differently. So at the moment, my portfolio has a lot of like tech branding work or tech content work. So I'm kind of trying to figure out at the moment how to target that ideal client, given the port my current portfolio, you know, is more tech clients. But that's kind of an ongoing learning process. And I think freelancing is just that. It's you're just trying to like iterate and learn from your current process, speak to other freelancers in the field. I've got a couple of different resources that I use that have helped me a lot. But yeah, that's kind of my ideal client profile. How, how strong is the like? So, as someone who doesn't do freelance, but I'm on the outside looking in, a lot of the conversations, it seems like a lot of people that I'm connected with do freelance work. And it seems like there's a lot of people sharing information about billing, sharing information about just you name it. Like I just see the conversations happening. Like how strong is that freelance network? And like, what are the types of benefits do you get from just connecting with, with others? For me, it's been so valuable. I'm part of a few different Slack groups. So we met on Superpath and I found that like a very valuable resource for content marketing in general, not, not just from the freelance side, but even as a full-time content marketer, super valuable. And they have the, you know, the ask me anything channel where they had, I think yesterday they had a freelance, they had an agency who were talking about freelance and people could just submit questions. But that was, that was really useful. Um, There's another group that I joined called Freelance Founders. Shout out to Carolyn, who is the founder of that, um, that group. And yeah, she's been really great. Uh, She kind of started that, I think during the pandemic, but that's kind of like a monthly subscription that you pay or monthly fee. But you you get access to a Slack channel. They've got um, an events directory, a jobs directory for like freelance jobs. Uh, I've met a lot of people through that. Um, and then there's there are other like content and UX groups that I join to just like even tap in for networking and also just to learn more about what other people are doing that you can learn from. Like whether it's a different brand's approach to content marketing strategy or like how freelancers charge, different freelancers charge. I've just... I'm always mining that for like ideas and yeah, insight. Awesome. A lot of good stuff here. Um, Maybe we close out with this. I think uh, I hear it all the time about having a story, having a narrative, having something that your company believes in and that through your content, through presentations, you can turn back to. And it's the story you're building. It's the story that you're sharing with the audience. I think a lot of B2B companies uh, seem sterile because they don't have a story or they're not leaning into relatable content when they're trying to reach their audience. I think, I don't know, here's a question for you because I'm sure you're in it and you're thinking about it. What kind of feedback can you offer anyone out there in a content position about how how to tell better stories? Like anything you have there on the storytelling front, I think would be helpful for the audience. Mm, yeah, I think so. So I think it comes down to 
being playing around with different formats. So I know a lot of like B2B companies do like the long uh, blog posts or like the white papers and it's been like kind of like done, like everyone kind of does that. So it's kind of exploring what other formats you have at hand, whether that be video, you know, playing into clever scripting, having like a clever video series. It doesn't even have to be like a full on film, but like a short like micro videos that you can use to engage your audience. And that usually performs better on like channels like LinkedIn anyway, where your audience is like for B2B brands you know, imagery, kind of short kind of copy. So whether that's playing into like social media, um, using using paid media as well. Um, I know like in, in my full-time role, we, re- we lean really heavily on paid media as a strategy. And then things like, you know, getting your brand out there, whether that be through webinars, live events, or that sort of thing. And just like, it's like casting the net wide, but of course you have to keep in mind if like who your audience is at the core of it. But I think not feeling limited by like one channel just because every other brand is doing it. Hopefully I love yeah. I, I love that. What I'm going to ask you one more, just because you mentioned like channel specific, like how important or do you, how often do you, you talk with clients just about content distribution and just like, you know, not just creating the piece of content, but making sure that you're positioning it and activating it at the right channel, because that's where your audience hangs out. And this is how you should do it as opposed to just, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to create this piece of content. Let's just kind of batch and blast it everywhere. I think that is, I think that kind of comes down to like the tone of voice. So when I create like a tone of voice strategy for a client, it's usually like, I'll actually put in the document, this is how you speak on social media. This is how you speak on, on the blog. This would this is how you would speak through an, on, on an email. And then we'll have the brand thinking like, okay, maybe we could investigate or we could explore this channel further. But at the moment, from, from my personal experience, it's been, I've, I've had a lot of clients come to me with the asks. So, so they already know what they want. And then it's just like, again, that ongoing education process from like strategy first, then execution. I haven't personally run into, you know, clients where I've had to explain to them, oh, you could actually use this on social as well. Because they usually have like a social person to handle that or another freelancer that they turn to for social. But I think the the, the strategy deck that I usually put together, tone of voice helps with that, that educational piece. Awesome. So much good information and insights here. Uh, Mel, this was awesome. Before I let you go, I'll put, I'll put it all in the show notes, but where can we point people to learn more about you and what you're up to? Uh, thanks, Brett. Yeah. So my website is Melly, M-E-L-L-I-E-Y-A-P dot yap. So you can connect with me there, send me a message anytime, have a look at some of my writing samples. But yeah, thank you so much, Brett. It was a really uh, great opportunity to speak to you today about content and freelancing. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we'll have to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brett. I want to thank Mel for taking some time to drop some knowledge about freelance, what she's doing on the content side, how she's working with customers, and all of those good nuggets that she dropped in this one. Go follow her. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back more Modern Day Marketer next week. Take care.